right, welcome everybody. It is episode 37 of Hot Take from the Kitchen. Oh my god, I didn't look. Did you? For what? Keep going. I'll look. Oh, Just keep going. Well, I don't have a number. I'll find one. All right, you do that. <laughs> yeah, all right. You can find us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Hot Take from the Kitchen. And our email address is hottakefromthekitchen at gmail.com. It is H-O-T-T-A-K-E-F-R-O-M-T-H-E-K-I-T-C-H-E-N at gmail.com. And I didn't see any emails this week. No emails. No emails. So, two, Doak Walker, which kind of like, but Max Scherzer. Yeah. I mean, with two different light colors. Yep. All right. Our guest tonight is Cynthia Mashinsky. She is the wife of a former guest, Matt Mashinsky. So happy to have her on. She's pretty excited to be here. I am. Thank you, guys. Thank you for coming. And we're excited to have her on. I really want to ask you, like, 90 questions of what it's like to be married to Matt. <laughs> we'll go I'm sure you can imagine the answers to 96 of those. <laughs> yeah, I, I, as a former roommate is, I kind of know what some of those are, but oh, my God. God bless you. You're saying <laughs> You're not the first person to say <laughs> Yeah, I know. All right. I guess we'll get into the hot takes. I have five for tonight. I don't know if Steve has any. Um, I, when I looked at your list, like three of them I had to, but, um, you know, we'll go. All right. I guess we'll start with uh, George H.W. Bush died past weekend. Kind of sad. I didn't. He was old, so that's what old people do. That's what old people do. That's what old people do. Um, yeah. He seemed like a guy, good guy. So I think, you know, for the most part, the problem with a lot of this stuff is, is we are very much like a, you know, it's just now Barack Obama's kind of becoming like, oh, my gosh. He's not, I want to say cool, but like Carter, for example. People hated Jimmy Carter for the longest time. And now people were just like, hey, you know, maybe Jimmy Carter's not such a bad guy. Um, so I don't doubt that. You know, And it doesn't help that W came in there, too, which people have opinions about W, whatever. But, um, yeah, you could tell people a lot of what people are saying. He was a pretty nice guy. He seemed like it. It's too bad. Anyway. Second hot take is the Green Bay Packers fired Mike McCarthy as their coach. I guess we sort of saw this coming since last week we had Tracy and she said that he needed to go. But. Man, tell you what, Werb said he's got to go and look at that. Yeah. He was gone. <laughs> I don't know. He's got some pull. Apparently so. She must be a stake owner in the Packers. I always said that if they ever reissue the stock, I was going to try and buy Tracy a share because – it's like the ultimate gift you can give a Packer fan to actually have a you know be a team owner, and she would just. I mean, every day she would just come and rub it in her dad's face. You might want to include Dennis on that. Well, I mean, I think I guess she probably could buy a stock share. For she'd probably rub it in Eric's face. Well, all Eric would have to do is buy a Ford stock, which is a heck of a lot cheaper than ever buying some Lions <laughs> stock. I mean, some Packer stock. So I think the last time it came out, I think it was like three sixty-seven a share, it was somewhere around there. It's ridiculous. Whatever. It was. It's really expensive to do it. Like it's a lot for a single share. It but is. then you get invited to all the shareholder meetings yeah. in Lambeau. Yeah, it doesn't impress me. Well, I mean, it doesn't impress me either. But I'm saying, <laughs> if I was a Packer fan, these would be the, sure would. these would be the cool things that you would get, yeah. you know. But yeah. All right. And also from a topic from last week, a Cleveland radio station banned Baby It's Cold Outside because they think it's a date rape song. What? You said this last week. Well, the, I, the one I saw, they said actual rape. And I was like, I don't know what's an actual, but it is very date rapey. Yes. And like, um, I, a coworker of mine was reading Bing today too, and she came across this and she's like, why are they banning this song? Somebody got inf- offended or something. And I had to tell her, you know, sort of date rapish. Yeah. I mean, it's like, all right, maybe I'll have to read the lyrics. Don't read the lyrics. Cause it ruins the song for you. Like the song, cause I think sometimes it mumbles in parts and you're just kind of like, Hey, and then if, and 
maybe it sends it sung to its tune, but when you read it in black and white, it's a very sobering song. Like it just kept getting worse. The more I read it, the worse it kept getting for me. I was like, no, stop. Well, you usually have a man and a woman singing it together. Yeah. But I like to sing that song. Yeah. I do. I love that song. And <laughs> frankly, <laughs> come from my everyday yeah. life, I'm like, that's a nice little sweet little song. Yeah. Don't ruin it for me, people. I can like, ruin just about anything. I know. You people can. get it like that. But um, no, I like that song. And I can't tell you how many dates ended up like that with Matt and I. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like it has to do with the time thing, right? And I think we're kind of getting to that point where it's really, I mean, this it's the tip of the iceberg and it's a slippery slope. And sure. where do you start? Or if you start, where you stop, it becomes more like that. You know, I, I find, I think about all of that. Like we talk about white crashers all the time. When it crashes, it's just like absolutely. It hasn't aged well. It has not mm-hmm. aged well at all. So, like, even though parts of it, I still absolutely laugh out. It's still a funny movie. It's still a funny movie, but. Got to cringe at some place. Yeah, a couple of. Ooh. But anyways. All right. We have to watch that through a new lens now. <laughs> have you watched Wedding Crashers lately? Not lately. No, don't. Don't. <laughs> don't let it stay where it has in a neat spot. Just keep the good memories. Yeah. I think the problem is you listen to podcasts. Some. Okay. There's a, there's a podcast called The Rewatchables, mm-hmm. and they did Wedding Crashers, and then it wasn't very good for Wedding Crashers. Gotcha. So, but anyways. Given recent comments. Yes. All right. Topic number four. The Pope tells the gay priest to be celibate or leave the priesthood. I don't know what to say about this, but it's not very friendly to gay people. Well, is it to gay priests? Yes. Well, aren't all priests, whether they're gay or heterosexual, supposed to be celibate? No matter what. You would think so. Yeah. Yeah. There's a rule in the Catholic Church that they had to be. Well, but didn't they allow him to be married then? No. 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 Oh, I thought no, I heard no, no, no. that. Yeah. Well, no, but I thought I heard that it was okay for a while there. And I don't know. No. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I mean, you know. Sort of draws back to the Roger City case last year. So. Yeah. I mean, that kind of seems like a no-brainer. At the same time, I mean, partly, I mean, I'm not super. Just you could just say that to any priest, not just gay priest. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes. All right, and my favorite topic, I just read the headline, didn't read the article, but the Nigerian president had to deny dying and being replaced by a clone. All I could think of is, that's what a clone would say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yes, he had to deny dying and being replaced by a clone. So that was probably yeah, my favorite yeah. I don't necessarily <laughs> think that he could be a clone because I don't think, I mean, we probably are there and I'm blissfully ignorant and I want to stay that way. Don't ruin that for me. But people all the time will like find people that look alike and, can do, yeah, yeah. and they'll replace them and stuff like that because there's a certain place in power and they can't afford to lose that. So they'll yeah. grab someone else that, Kind of works, like the movie Dave. Yeah, I was just gonna say they made movies about that. Yeah. Yeah. Saddam Hussein had the had all his lookalikes. So yeah. It just made me laugh that the Nigerian president had to come out and say this. Hey man, what if it's true? Jokes on us, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'd much rather stay blissfully ignorant. So that's all I got for tonight. I'll say something. I'll do it. Get it on my chest. How's that? All right. So, like, we can kind of harken back to, like, what we just talked about. I have this weird thing going on with, like, bullying and um, immigration. So, like, my parents did a lot of work for to get me in the country. So, obviously, you see me, and you're like, well, I'm not obviously from America. Obviously, I was imported. So, but my parents really went through a difficult time to get me through here. So I do have a kind of a weird stance in immigration, even though I am an immigrant. My, my whole point is my parents went through lots of hoops and money and everything to get me here. So sometimes I get annoyed when people are just like, whoop, 
underneath the rope I go, and here I am. So, um, I don't think everybody's like that. I, no. I understand. What yeah, you're yeah. I mean, like for me, it gets frustrating because, like, I know how difficult that was for them to be able to do some of that and do it through the proper channels. And whereas we could have just, you know, taken a boat through Canada and come on down. And well, I heard that one of the bigger problems isn't people from Mexico coming through; it's people from other areas flying into the country on visas and then staying longer than the visa. Well, I mean, the visa expires. Well, I think there's a whole bunch of reasons for that. If I was, let's just pick any third world country, any third world country, and then I get a visa to come to go to school in America, and I spend four years here, I don't necessarily want to go back to my grass floor in a uh, no. hut. I mean, if I can figure out a way to stay another two years, I'm probably going to do that. So, Especially if I'm a doctor, because why would you want to give up probably everything that you have versus to... There's people visiting family or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's lots. Oh, yeah. yeah. Got all kinds of problems. Yeah. I don't necessarily think they're problems, though. You know, um... So, Steve, are you more bothered that others are getting kind of a free pass or that it was so difficult for your parents? Um, neither. I, I just feel like it, we heard a lot about immigration last week, and we, we don't get too politicky on here because my other one was bullying. I'll do it for a second. Like, I'm very numb to bullying because like, I was bullied so much as a kid, and I listened to, like, oh, we got to quit bullying our kids. And, like, I was like, I was picked on so much that I sometimes something else and I've had a problem with is that, like, I can be almost too mean, like, just because I'm so used to being that way. Like, so I've had to really try to be like, I'm like oh, yeah, you know, and I'll say something kind of off the mark. <laughs> and um, I realized that, okay, I can understand how that could come across. But I just used to get picked on so much that it's just like I'm numb to it. Like, it doesn't really bother me that much. Mm-hmm. So it's funny to like, I mean, I can name, I'm not going to. But I can, we've said this on the pod, I can name teachers that participated in the picking on on me. And, like, it's just so weird now to, like, see how we've come to this different place in our world where, like, they're like, oh, you just can't pick on at all. And I'm like, especially when I'm on Facebook and I see people posting, I'm like, you are one of the people that used to do it to me. Like, that's <laughs> amazing that you're even trying to do that to me right now. But, So that's why I get off the chest for the mm-hmm. hot second. So how did you deal with the bullying that kids now are not able to deal with? Ooh, well, I had friends stand up for me. And we talked about this on what? So it's been the Community Foundation, yeah. number 35 right. with Patrick. Um, Kara Bauer's family was extremely, her brother Jeff, God rest his soul, um, just one day on the bus said, that's enough. And then everyone stopped. But, you know, when you're in kindergarten and you have a fifth grader that says that, to, you know, it's, it's how it works, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, everybody, it wasn't just necessarily that I was Asian. It's just I was different. So the, the high nail always gets mm-hmm. the hammer. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter whether, <clears throat> once they stopped picking on me, they picked on the fat kid or whoever else. But it was the fifth graders picking on all the little kids. I mean, that's just the way it was, so... I'm not saying it's right. I'm just, <laughs> I mean, I know it's, I know it's wrong. I'm just saying, like. Well, back then you had somebody who was able to stick up for you, somebody who was able to face somebody else and say, "Hey, listen, that's not right." Yeah. Right now, everybody whips out their cell phone. Yeah. And they just take. Yeah. So. And, <laughs> and that's a huge difference. Yeah. yeah, and like to say it never kept happening. Like I remember in seventh grade, I got suspended for three days because there was a person that would call me racist names every day behind math class, and one day I got up and hit his face with a math book. Mm-hmm. And I got suspended for three days for it until they found out why I did it. And they were mm-hmm. like, "Well, why didn't you ever do anything about it?" And I'm like, "I just did. <laughs> I spent, <laughs> so I spent like, I spent 18 <laughs> weeks, and then finally I did something about it. And then they were like, "Okay, like, we you apologize. you can't do that. <laughs> like, don't do that ever again." But we understand what's going on. So, like, yeah. But I get it because, mm-hmm. like I said, I I know what it's like to get to that snapping point where you're like, I just can't do this anymore. So, but he never did it again. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did hit him with a book. So, I mean, like, it wasn't necessarily right, you know. And then, of course, if you remember those chairs, you're kind of like stuck in them. Mm-hmm. So, like, once I popped up, he was kind of trapped. So, yeah. I guess. 
I'll tell my story about my niece. Ooh, I like it. So yesterday we had Christmas with my brother and sister-in-law because we had a family Christmas party Saturday, so and they weren't coming back out. So we had Christmas with them yesterday morning. I guess we were done unwrapping our gifts, and my niece was she opened the box to this bathrooms uh, bathtub slime. So bath whatever the slime. There's a box about the size of a cereal box. And she pulled the stuff out and she goes, Why do you use this big ass box for this small package? Just in front of everybody out of the blue, she's like, Why do they use this big ass box? I'm like, man, so just hey, but as we're laughing, yeah, because we just can't stop laughing. We're right. all crying. <laughs> she goes, I don't know where, why they use this big-ass box. Well, I can answer the question for you, but, I mean, there's one of two things, but it is awesome that she swore. <laughs> I wish I would have been there for that whole thing because I can see her saying it, and then I can see everyone trying to, like, correct, like, you shouldn't be laughing right now, but we can't help but laugh. Well, no. There's all the The only one oblivious was Zachary. <laughs> <laughs> He's asking what she's saying. Like, That's don't amazing. worry about it. So it's one of two things, right? It's either they already had the box for something else and they're saving money by using the same box, or they want the bigger box for shelf space to make it look bigger than it actually is because if it was so small, then it wouldn't be as prominent on the shelf. So I'm guessing those are my two in my head things. But yeah, you gotta love it. Yeah. Nine year old girl saying this stuff. <laughs> Speaking of Christmas things, I'm sure is a mom of two boys, nothing frustrates me more on Christmas than things that get cable locked into the cardboard and in the back. And you, you have to have a knife. Mm-hmm. And then you're almost cutting yourself because you're using a sharp object to try to get said toy out of box. I'm not against the uh, pre-unwrapping of those things. <laughs> I like I'm not it. against it. Not against setting up things or... You know, having them just sitting there with a big bow on them or something. That's what I was going to ask you. Mm-hmm. Or that is going to be a question I was going to ask you here in a little bit. So we can take a break. Right. I'm trying to think if I had any hot takes other than I was really sad to see Herbert Walker pass. Um, the college football thing. And yeah, right. we were kind of beating everything to death in the other in the room. So that's kind of why some of that stuff. How do you feel about Michigan, Florida again? I'm all right with it. You ready to talk about the Michigan loss yet? No. Okay. I don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> I had a coworker tell me what I should tell you to just let it go because there's no reason. You can tell Amy. It's not going to change. <laughs> <laughs> Who's probably listening to this whenever it comes out. You can tell Amy that. I know she's probably not ready to deal with it yet. I am almost to the point where I can comfortably talk about it. Um, the hard thing I have with it is I work at primarily a place outside of Mr. Cameron. I work primarily at a place that does not care about sports. So they think me getting upset or caring as much as I do about something like this. I go, picture this, the deer that you've been watching the whole time. Because everyone hunts that by place. The deer that you love and you want so much, you just found that your neighbor shot. That's how I feel. <laughs> yeah. And I go, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how it feels. And then they start crying. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. You know, you don't know whether they're being mad at your neighbor or upset at the deer they watched. Like that whole thing, that's the, the angst, yes. So, but yeah, all right. Well, we got just... time for a little sh- local shout out. Yes, here let's do it. Because it is Christmas time. And so I wanted to bring you guys a little something um, for having me on the pod. And so I asked Griffin to help me pick something out for you guys. So we only have these in mind for you guys. Ooh, do we have the same thing? No, okay. did not have the same thing. So went down to the local basket case and uh, talked to the owner down there. And he has... You could be jealous. Let's see that. <laughs> I got a sticker in the colors of the school we didn't want to talk about. That's one of Carly's... And this Thank is a perfect segue. So that's one of Carly's keychains, and she's going to be on next week. Cool. So... Um, thank you very much. Cool. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. So let's wrap it up and then we'll uh, start the next segment. You want to talk for 20 more seconds? Get this 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. I can do that. <laughs> you like round numbers, don't you? I do. Are you OCD like that? No, but I just figure we're so close to 20 minutes. Well, 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 now we might go over, though, if I bring up anything more than I'll just, just cut it off 20 minutes. Uh, <laughs> do something. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs>
people are like, what happened? Oh my god. All right. 20 minutes. <laughs> Cynthia, so why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, um, and then kind of your journey to where you're at now. Okay. So I grew up almost like around the corner from where we are right now. <laughs> That's true. Not, not very far, definitely within walking distance. But um, originally, my family is from like the Detroit area. I was born in, in Detroit, um, but moved up north when I was really young. And so I went throughout grade school here at Ellen White. With my four brothers, so there was only three of us when we moved into our house here in Alpena, and then two more came along after that. But uh, went through the way and graduated Alpena High in 2000. And I think by like eighth grade, I knew I wanted to be a lawyer, and I was pretty sure I wanted to be a prosecutor. So I find it really funny. Um, we had a career day through the junior high at that time, and uh, me and uh, Liz Skiba, who's now Liz Smith, she's mm -hmm. the magistrate. We were both on like the same career path at that time, and we both ended up like in the same spot. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't even know if she remembers that or not. But uh, so yeah, throughout high school, I just knew I wanted to go to law school, and knew I wanted to go to law school. So when I got to law school, well, first I, like I said, I graduated. Then I went to Alma College for four years, and then I went to Ave Maria Law School uh, while they were still located in Ann Arbor before they moved down to Florida. Whoa. And um, I always get around because every school that I've gone to has started with the letter A and ended with the letter A. Nice. <laughs> so it that is nice. So <laughs> um, and uh, ended up back here. So I you know, didn't have a job right away out of law school, but ended up uh, clerking for Judge Kowalski in his last year before he retired. And then stayed out with Judge Mack for about eight months into that. Um, and his... Uh, Judgeship there, and then went over to the prosecutor's office to work with Ed Black, and I've been there for nine years now. That's a lot. So, um, I didn't know you went to Alma. I did. So you're a Scott. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's fan that fascinates yeah. me. Yeah, and I married a U of M fan, of course. Yes, I did know that. Three of my brothers are Michigan State grads. The fourth one is a Lansing Community College grad, so leads green as well. Right. <clears throat> And he probably spends a time or two on the Michigan State campus just from <laughs> what he does. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, man, I wanted—I don't want to ask you that right now because it's something else. So, um, what was the toughest part of your education journey? Like, I think I, f I find law school super intimidating. So, I'm like, and all I could think of was like. Legally Blonde and Elle Woods and her trying to get that Elle Stats yeah, score. so not fair. Well, I don't mean it like that. I just meant like, I'm not saying that a dumb down. I felt like it's yeah. really hard. So, yeah. um. <laughs> no, the LSAT was hard, but so were the ACTs, you know, in the same way. I mean, you could at least study for the LSAT. They're not like, they're more logic-based than any, any way, in anything. They're not fact-based. You don't have to know the law or anything. You just have to... They just measure how you can think about things. You can take a fact out and place it in a different spot or just those logic games that frustrate the heck out of some of you. <laughs> um, most of them frustrate me. But anyways, um, they just find out if you can like think analytically more than just comprehend. So, um, no, I think that the scariest part about law school was when I was finished because my goal since eighth grade had been I'm going to law school. And so I graduated, and I was just like, holy crap, what do I do right now? <laughs> <laughs> so just That's... put resumes out everywhere and landed back at home. Did you um, try not to be at home? Like I didn't apply to any job. Around. Well, they're like fellow private little law firms. They don't really you know, advertise to hire. Um, so, no, I certainly didn't apply anywhere here until I was about to be sworn into the bar uh, with two other females at the same time, which was um, – in and of itself, the first time that had ever been done. Three, mm. three ladies all at once being sworn into the bar. But um, at the same time, I'd been sitting on my mom's couch for six months trying to find a job. And one opened up with Judge Kowalski, whom I was about to get sworn in front of, and whose son had been on my T-ball team, which my dad coached. And so, you know, um, I said, I can't not apply for this job that's almost in my backyard. Mm -hmm. So I did and got the interview just after – 
um, the swearing-in ceremony, and it was a horrible, horrible interview. And so when they called me back the next day, I thought, great, they're going to give me some tips. Like, I'll really hone in on my interviewing skills for that next opportunity. And uh, lo and behold, they kind of offered me a job. So what was horrible about it? Just like it so bad. Like you, you yourself were. No, the questions were awful. Oh, okay. They were just awful, and I think it was um, kind of planned. I, I that's the only way I can describe yeah. it because Judge Kowalski uh, he asked me things like, "So you got a great recommendation from my son Andy, and a great recommendation from Dan Floor up here in town, but you know, obviously they haven't seen your grades." <laughs> <laughs> All I could do was just laugh at him, and I said, oh, you know, Judge, you know, you have the best of the best there in law school, and uh, he's a real art, so. <laughs> She's getting degrees, Judge. Yeah, Let's right, relax. Right. That's and, a slogan of, and we might actually get that <laughs> somehow stickered above that window. You'll have a sticker made. Yeah, C's, Carly can do that for us. C's get degrees. People are like, what in the world does that mean? Like, if you don't get it, then never mind. You don't deserve to get it. Um, I got to keep asking. So like the bar was as hard as they make it seem to. Yeah. I remember we all had to take it at the Breslin center. So we we're all sitting, we had to walk down the stairs to get to the floor. And like, I was nervous. I thought I was going to trip and fall down on the stairs. There's a gal thought she was going to faint. She was walking next to me, one of my classmates. And so I had carried her down the floor just to start the exam. And then the first day was all essay questions for like six hours. And then the second day for, I don't want to say another six hours, it's all multiple choice questions. So um, after that was finished, I remember walking from the Breslin Center. You had to go down, I can't remember what road, but cross over the bridge, the Cedar Bridge or something. Or the I know, I've River, seen it before. Red Cedar, yeah. right? And then into the Kellogg Center where they had like a little reception for my classmates and each school kind of had their own little suite there. But um I thought I was going to faint and like, I just kept telling myself, just don't fall on the road. Don't fall on the river. Don't fall on the road. But I was in like such a daze. I didn't know if my life had just like totally collapsed or if I was about to actually do something with that degree I was having to pay for in the future. Right. (laughs) It was crazy. I've had a few of those moments where you're just like, don't, don't faint. Yeah. Just deep breaths. Just keep breathing really deep. Um, (laughs) The worst part about it is if I would have been down there, I would have even been thinking about the test. I would be like, oh, my God, I'm on the floor. It's yeah. kind of cool. And just been looking around, which you probably would have too, right? Yeah. Or would you be super nervous? I can see both. It would have been both. <laughs> nervous, but like, oh, man. And you're like, no, focus, Brad. <laughs> um, you're married and one of my best friends. So um, I was going to ask you a couple questions on the next segment. But um, for those that – don't know because we had Matt on and I kept, I mean, because you know your husband better than anyone. I kept Matt very focused because, mm-hmm. as you yeah. know, he could, yes, mm-hmm. he could tangent and then we could make this hour and a half pod into five hours. And all of a sudden we're talking about white rain gears and we don't know how we got there. Um, how'd you guys meet? Oh, gosh. Okay. So he was a family friend from way back, but so he knew who I was. I'm not ashamed to say that when I'd come home from school and I happened to know maybe where he worked or something, mm-hmm. I might happen in there, mm-hmm. maybe park closer to Sears when I went to Demons than need be, just to kind of walk by and look in the window and see if he was there. He knows all this, yeah. by the way. Um, but what it ended up happening was a crazy night before he actually first asked me out. So... We kind of knew each other. We'd say hi. I was always totally impressed with how personable he was. He's, you know, stop in Walmart, talk to you for 15 minutes, even though you don't really know him that well. Matt's a very charismatic yeah. person. That's yeah. just how he is. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and, um, well, to be honest, my, my house had gotten broken into one night at like three in the morning. And so by after work the next day, I was ready to go and just like, have a couple of drinks, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I went out with some friends and we ended up at the courtyard where he was working. And he wasn't our waiter at the time, but at one point, uh, you know, he kept walking by and said hi and stuff like that. Um, and at one point I ended up at the table just by myself because the others had wandered off or whatever. And um, he came over and he just said, how come you and I have never been on a date? <laughs> just like that. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> Only I, I, much yeah. earlier, you know? And so I was like, 
holy cow, this is really happening here. I've been waiting forever. <laughs> and so I like straightened up and I looked him right in the eye and I said, because you have never asked me. You chicken shit. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say he told this story before. Did he? Probably much they more. Matched, so. yeah. yeah, I like it. There is. Well, what I like about it is that. I've only, I've heard Matt's side of this uh -huh. a lot. I mean, because throughout the years, but it's nice to hear your side because I mm -hmm. haven't never heard your side. Mm -hmm. So um, it's awesome. Yeah. So I mean, I knew the night you guys were getting engaged, and I knew that ahead of time, and just different things. But no, that's super cool. So yeah. and now you've started a family. Yeah. Like I'd say so. We jumped in. Yeah. <laughs> um, which one's more like Matt? Henry or Owen? Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> well, at this point, I'm just going to have to say Henry because he's more athletic than Owen right now, but he's really not a fair comparison because he's no. almost six and Owen is four. Yeah, those two um, years really do make a difference mm -hmm. of coordination alone. Yeah. 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 No, um, sure. my, one of my favorite stories <clears throat> that Matt and I like to rehash is mm -hmm. that when I had my kids, I mean, I had my kids young. So, sure. and when I had them, um, Matt was, and I were friends and we would hang out and Matt's dad, Tim would always tell Matt, don't get in the way of him doing what he has to do, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. And, um, Matt would be like, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, we're just going to, you know, but then Matt's, I remember after Matt had Henry, mm -hmm. I was like, holy what in the world? How did you even do that? And it's one of those things, you know, like you would have never, until you do it, you know, you just, yeah. you know, you never. But I actually love the idea. They always say that your kids are going to pay it back in twofold. And I love the idea of that Henry paying twofold for Matt. <laughs> oh, and, God, I know I can't handle that. <laughs> <laughs> makes me smile every time I think about it. So, um, but yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Well, That'll be good for that so this segment. We'll come back and then, um, yeah, we'll chit chat maybe about some other things. Okay. Awesome. So, what is just to review so we can start off? So, what are you exactly that you do? What is it that I do mm -hmm. there? Okay. Well, um, I'm, well, my title there is the assistant prosecutor. So I um, started out doing all the misdemeanor stuff in front of the district court judge. But um, since then moved on and I had done abuse neglect cases. I've done the juvenile case docket. Um, we always handle mental hearings there with probate court. But um, since about 2015, I've mainly been doing felonies. So um for, for a little while there, I did all the felony docket, um, but uh, primarily up until like a couple months ago, I was doing um, everything but the criminal sexual conduct cases. So all the drug cases, all felony related cases, all felony drug driving cases, things like that. That doesn't sound very fun. Well, I mean, good, I mean, I can see it sounds very stressful to me, at least. Um, it's all of it kind of feels like a big puzzle and I get to put each puzzle together. Okay. Pretty much every day, figure out what the best re result is going to be for the community or for the victim, mm -hmm. um, and try to figure out how to put all those pieces together to make it be that way. Right, um, which is why they asked you so much to do those critical thinking things on yeah. the test. Amazing. Um, what would you say is like your favorite thing about what you do? I know my favorite thing when talking with you yeah. is that you have a true passion for. For, I guess for just saying that, I don't know if it's going to come out exactly the way I wanted it to, but you honestly want to make our community as safe and best as possible. <laughs> yeah, that no. was my main goal. Yeah. When I started out, I said, I'm going to make this this uh, community you know, drug-free before my kids are in kindergarten. So, you know, well. to be fair, there's a lot of people in prison right now based on that goal. Um, not enough people, but um, also... You know, in doing that back in 2011, we started uh, the drug court program, mm -hmm. too. So that was like combating it the other way, too. So um, you can't just arrest our way out of that problem. That's a great quote that one of the hunt guys um, usually says. So we need to also fix the problem from the other end as well. So we're doing the drug court to do that. 
I think that was a, you know, not to say like prevention, but really getting to the root cause of some of the problems is probably more of a, a better way of attacking it than right. just like you said. Just and then you have other people who are, you know, dragging drugs up into our community. So those people need to go to prison. But, yes, definitely. Yeah. And I love how you're just like, yeah, you're a bad person. You need to go. Bye-bye. Well, you know, some of those really need to be dealt with in that that way. But I've run into several people who um, went away to prison based on our prosecution and, and they've come back rehabilitated and thanked me for, you know, not giving them less time, not giving them counter time, not working, you know, a lesser deal because they needed that sober time away too. And so those are really the people that, that are the reason why I do my job. Not only the you know, community itself, mm-hmm. but those people who are rehabilitated when they go off. Cause it's not 100% that come back worse off than when they went in. Right. It certainly it's not. We just don't hear from those people who are re- rehabilitated and that's a wonderful thing when they don't come back through the justice system. Right. And sometimes I think some people that maybe are rehabilitated are hesitant to share their story. Like you don't even know that they have been rehabilitated. You know, mm-hmm. um, just because sometimes that's looked upon in our society in a, a, a different way. So No, you don't go for a job interview and say, hi, yeah, I'm a former drug dealer. Yeah. I like to work for a store. You I have know? entrepreneurial or, skills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you certainly don't. And, and so in social circles, you aren't going to get that either. But Yeah. Um, one of the things we talked about on the break was um, the – when you then to talk vaguely about your job and how difficult that could be sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you often see probably more than any of our other guests so far, maybe the darker side of our community. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like I, and, and the other prosecutors and as well as everybody in your office have like a duty to help keep the community somewhat naive to what we have to deal with because you know, everybody in the community shouldn't have to hear about everything that we hear about. Right. Because our community is still wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, it just happens to have some bad aspects to it that every single community, every single county has. Um, and so I don't share too much. I don't share all the horror stories because it's just not fair. So I remember when I first started handling the felony docket, I went to a football game and I looked up at the stands and I'm like, holy, holy crap. You guys know there's probably some drug deals happening here right now. I had no clue. Yeah. I just felt like I was suddenly thrown into the deep end and I, and I had to swim my way out of, you know, the felons in there, all the felony activity. But it, I have to remind myself that I deal with probably 5% of the population just over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's why just, just as of recently, I've really tried to make it a goal to get out and do other things. So, you know, at this point I'm trying to, you know, hang out at my kid's school and church and stuff a little, little bit more mm-hmm. just to see the other side for once, yeah. <laughs> see a little bit of the light. I was going to say, you must have to become very good at compartmentalizing things mm-hmm. in order to just like, I mean, cause I know your husband and I know your kids and be able to have a good or bad day. Mm-hmm. Either way, you're coming home to what just happened today. Yeah. You know, you yeah. got a kid that's whacking his <laughs> yeah, I went straight from work to almost emergency room and then almost had to cancel this. And then said, no, we're back up. There's no way in the emergency room. We're back up. <laughs> I mean, that's, and that's the best way to talk about um, in Michigan. And the best way is like, I've gone in there thinking, oh man, it's Christmas Eve. I'm going to be here all night. Mm-hmm. And I'm out there in 30 minutes. And mm-hmm. I've gone there thinking, oh man, it can't be very busy. And it's not, but I'm there for eight hours and I don't really know what's going on. So, um, that's just how it is. Uh, son of a gun. I just think I lost my train of thought because I started talking about compartmentalizing. Mm -hmm. So, um, you talked about doing other things that are kind of more of the sunnier side. Mm -hmm. Um, any other things that you'd like to do? That I would like to yeah, do. like, I mean, is there something that you've been waiting to do? Like, man, I really want to do this, and uh, you just, for a reason, haven't yet. <laughs> uh, I'm all about making this happen for you. That's why. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know whether it would be like, I don't know, if you wanted to go paddle boarding or whatever the hell it is. I don't know. Just, um, yeah, that's all. Yeah, you know what? At this point, actually, not really because, you know, in the summertime, 
the kids keep me so busy. It's like every single day that we're out fishing or we're out swimming or we're doing something. And that is basically what I want to do. Yeah. Just every day. Nothing gets done around the house. And you know, the dishes pile up, the dirt piles on the floor, but we're just go, go, go all summer long. So. And it's really awesome because at some point, as I know you know, that mom and dad don't become cool anymore. Mm-hmm. And then that'll kind of stop. So, like, totally enjoy it. For, I, mean, I told Tracy the same thing last week. Yeah. And, uh, I just realized that we have three women in a row. Yep. Kind of cool. I didn't didn't even mean for it to happen, but it's awesome that it is. Yeah. You're such a man of many words. <laughs> well, I thought about it too, but I forgot about it. I thought I forgot about it. Awesome. Anything else? Mm-hmm. Um, no, not not really. As far as outside of work goes, you know, the last time I was in the courtroom, it was for a friend. And um, it was funny. It was I sat in the exact same spot I went through for my divorce. And I was sitting there. I was like, my God. Actually, no. It was for something else that wasn't a very pleasant experience. But anyways, I was sitting there. I was like, man, I absolutely hate this place. Right. You know, and I'm sitting there and I'm watching my friend who's had this girl for two years and then been working tirelessly to adopt her. And I watched them go through all that. And I was like, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. It was very like a good experience for me, like just to sit there and be like, Oh man, that's so awesome for them. And um, it was cool to see them and that girl. And um, I know they're going to have a Christmas will be nuts for them this year because they've been waiting for a long time to be able to have that. And it's kind of cool to, like you said, see the bright side of some of that, that goes on there. Cause mm-hmm. I know a lot of bad things do happen. So, mm-hmm. well, we'll take a break. We'll come back and we're going to do top five Christmas movies. 40 seconds and we can get to 10 minutes. Come on. 40 seconds? Why can't you 40 seconds? <laughs> How many teeth have Henry lost, has Henry lost? Or is it one? one? Just one so, more, so far. Henry's lost one. He's working on number two. Are him and Grace the same age? He'll be six on Sunday. Okay. I think, so I think she's older. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so no, Grace has been losing teeth, too. Okay. So um, it's crazy because I thought... Yeah, you're talking too much. What are you doing? <laughs> um, what, I thought the same thing with Miles and then Beckett and then Riley because they're all – it's amazing how many friends I have of you all that all have kids that are, like, just all in the same age yeah. and younger. And it's so weird for me to have, like, you know, Jory's 21. Technically, he could go to the bar. Thank God he doesn't and that much. <laughs> My daughter, she's driving me crazy every day. <laughs> Stresses me out. So her newest thing is now she her Christmas break. She wants to go to New York City. She's pushing that up, doesn't she? I can't do nothing. I can't stop her. She's got a job. She's got her own money now. So like, pretty much at this point, I'm just like, just be safe. She's still gonna sit in the car. Or? I don't think they're gonna sleep in the car now. There's a group of them that oh go. Oh my god! No, right? She told me she said, "I really want to go to New York City. We have a track meet that's." on the far edge of Ohio. And if we go right from Ohio to New York City, it's only like six hours. You know, because we're in the upper sure. part. And I was like, yep, that makes sense. And then what we do is we drive through the night and then we get there in the morning, hang out all day. We just spend the night in the car and then get up, hang out all day and then drive back. And then we'll be back at college by, you know, three o'clock in the morning. And I was like, I don't want you to do this. <laughs> and she's like, why? I'm like, well, the idea of you driving into New York City, I go, I hated driving in New York City. And I did it on a Sunday mm-hmm. at five o'clock in the morning. And I was still like, there's so many cars and there's so many signs and Google's telling me to get in the right lane. But the sign says I should be in the left lane. I don't know what's going on right now. Right. And I go, I just feel like I can do this trip with you and we can do it better. <laughs> like, <laughs> and safer. <laughs> Like we could fly in, okay, taxi to the hotel, and we could just Uber around town. Um, but I guess there's a trip group. They did over Thanksgiving break, and she didn't have the funds. Plus, she was homesick. So I like that. Mm-hmm. And then um, she's gonna. That sounds like she might try to do it during Christmas break if she can. If not, because after that she won't be able to do spring break. So they go to Georgia for a track. And then track season takes off, so she'll be just too busy doing it like that. 
just the way I like her. It sounds fun just doing that stuff, though. Well, I, I know, right? She, uh, I remember when she first got down to college, she was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going away for spring break. I'm like, oh, you are? She goes, well, it's for school. Mm-hmm. I mean, for track. I'm like, oh. She goes, yeah, we're going to be down in Georgia for our first meet. That like like the unofficial kickoff of the season. I was like, oh, well, that's good. So good for her. I told her there's no intramural shop with leagues when you get 30 years old. <laughs> so you better do it while you can. So all right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. All right. Sounds good. All right, now we'll get to our top five. It's our top five Christmas movies, suggested by Cynthia. So I guess I'll start it off. My number five is A Christmas Story. It's on 24 hours on Christmas, so I'm getting off of it. Allison's brother's favorite Christmas movie. It's a good one. Um, it's a lot of memorable moments in the movie, so. It was almost enough. That almost, just Aaron being favorite, almost was enough to carry it in my top five, but it fell short. And I feel bad about it. I just want the league lamp. Put it in front of my window. For Christmas every year or all year? All year. Well, I can, okay, that's good. Let's do that then. All right, thank you. It's got to come in a box. It says fragile. Okay, all right. I think Laura and Chris have one in their window, don't they? They used to. I'm sure they probably still. Sure, right. Yeah. My number five, Love Actually. So, um, it's like my second, third favorite chick flick of all time. Plus, it's Christmassy. So, it's like Die Hard, where I don't know if you want to consider it a. I don't think when you think of Love Actually, you think it's a Christmas movie per se. It's more of a. I do. I do too, it's, but it's coming up on my list. <laughs> but I mean, it's one of those movies where you could. It probably belongs in a different genre than actual Christmas movie, but. I put it there, so that's my number five. Well, that totally leads into, like, the attorney me totally wants a specific definition of Christmas movie. It could be anything you want so, to be. <laughs> I know, but you totally led into all of that. So my number five is uh, Home Alone, which I just introduced to my kids. Oh, yes. Uh, which I regretted immediately. Maybe that's why you had to go to the hospital. Could Oh, yeah. So we've had plenty of discussions. Uh, my oldest thinks that he should be left home alone, and he intends to jump in our bed and eat popcorn. Just like I want him to put a whole bunch of Hot Wheels outside yeah. of Matt's door. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, man, just the opening scenes where he just decides he's sick of his family. I just want – I cringed the whole time. I'm like – Oh, the babies are not ready for this yet. So we had to have a powwow afterward just to talk about the, like, um, you know, the lessons of the whole movie. So I think we wrapped around to a good spot. Perfect. But when he yells at him and he goes, what you did, you little jerk. I'm like, yeah. oh, gosh, cover your ears. I know. Jamie just recently, <laughs> like, Graceland into this. Yeah. She's kind of dealing with the same thing, and it's amazing. So yeah. um, this, we can debate this more if, as we go along, but... One of my, and we talked a little bit, I think about this at Halloween, but when I used to manage family video, we used to have a holiday favorite section and just said holiday favorites. So no matter what the time of season, we could like, so it was Halloween, we'd put up this. Mm. And then, um, so it was always interesting when movies classified as a Christmas movie. It was one mm-hmm. where we could have done that. Maybe that'll be our next top five next week if Carly can't think of anything. Would be top five Christmas movies that aren't necessarily Christmas movies, but I already know where you're at. So, yeah. why don't you go ahead with number four? Number four is Die Hard. Yeah, it is a Christmas movie. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. Okay, so tell tell me why is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Well, so what's this is a great debate. I knew that this was going to take a while. That's why I wanted to <laughs> know time. So let's break it down with you. Uh-huh. What do you feel has to happen in for it to make it a Christmas movie? Well, I feel like it uh, has to take place around Christmas time, of course. Okay. So I, I, know, I know. I know. You have to have either Santa Claus or religious religious reference Jesus in there. One or the other. Um, half a point. Ho ho ho! Yeah. <laughs> Spills it on us. Well, he sees the Santa half melted from the elevator, which is what made him think of that. So, I mean, 
but a, a real life Santa. Well, I mean, if you look at the Christmas story, although Santa played a minimal role, it still was big because he had all that anxiety leading up to going to see Santa. Yeah. Um, Home Alone, obviously, there's lots of Christmas stuff in there. But there's no Santa. There is actually one little scene with Santa in it. Oh, yeah, here. You're one of the helpers. Yeah. Um, I thought one of the requisites for me is it has to have Christmas music in it. Okay. Die Hard does qualify for that. Does or does not? It does because Christmas and Hollis to me is a Christmas song. Of course it is. So, <laughs> so but there always has to be that feel good Christmas feeling at the end. Well, I mean, it's, I I don't know if Die Hard qualify for that because perhaps doesn't. Does. I mean, I don't want to give away the end. And I've only seen it one time, but I feel like there's a nice little moment at the end. Am I right? Yes, yes. There's lots of movies. I mean, moments in there. I mean, Hans Gruber falling. <laughs> Depending on who you're talking to, it could be considered a great movie. Okay, what else? So right now, if uh, I could understand the Santa thing's iffy. So right now, the I Hard falls into three of the four. However, we talked about this on a previous pod. Bruce Willis, who stars in Die Hard, says it's not a Christmas movie. Ooh. So that is a big negative. I feel a huge negative is also any type of murder, mayhem, bombing, um, terrorism, period. <laughs> But that, that kind of goes against the Christmas feeling for me. How about you guys? I can understand. They so were like, just thieves. Though. <laughs> yeah, they were I just mean, there to rob the place. No, they weren't terrorists or anything. Um, yeah, I think like them. another thing in the movies for me is that it needs to reference Christmas throughout it. Like, and that's one thing I think that's the main drawback from Die Hard. While there is like, the, it, it's a Christmas party. And there are like a whole lot of machine gun, which is really, and then uh, what's the little driver's name? Marvin? No. No. I'll look it up. Okay. But he's listening to Christmas music in the limo. So I think that is about it, though. Like, well, maybe if you have a tradition of watching Die Hard every Christmas season, well, that could be any movie, though. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, this is us and then the Thanksgiving mm. episode. Trying to be at? Okay, I'll go on with my number four while you look. Here, let me pull my list back up. It's close. So I'm going to slide it up. So my, you want to tell me now? Go ahead. Argyle. Argyle, yes, thank you. So um, my number four movie is A Miracle on 34th Street, the 1994 version. So it's got the little girl, Mara Wilson, and Dylan McDermott in it. Seen it, so. I didn't see it either, but I feel like that's exactly when your kids were growing up, right? When they were just that, yeah. But I, I mean, just more than so. anything, it's just like the old miracle in 34th Street just felt a little dated to me. Mm -hmm. So, like, but I do love the idea, mm -hmm. you know, the premise of it. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm mm -hmm. sure it's a good movie. I just, I mean, really. Floated my boat to see it yet. So. Yeah, I was surprised that none of my lists were like quite that traditional. So it, probably about as traditional as I got was with my number four, which was the uh, original Grinch movie. The uh, cartoon? Yes. That's Allison's yeah. dad's favorite Christmas yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. So. One of my honorable mentions. It would be interesting to see what Allison's favorite Christmas movie is. I don't know what it is because I know like Christmas stories in there because her brother, the original Grinch, because they were uh, dad. So, and of course, some of mine because I forced them upon her. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> number three. Number three is Elf. So it's on my list. Knocks down all the with uh, your requirements. So. Hey, you're not getting, well, I'll just wait my turn. Don't yeah, you. 100%. <laughs> yes, it's a movie my mom actually likes, so you gotta know it has to be good if my mom likes it. Mm -hmm. And yes. she's not a big Will Ferrell person. No, she's not. That's really good. Now it would be interesting if it was Jim Carrey in this movie. Yeah, because she absolutely she hates Jim Carrey. Oh, she hates him with a passion. What about the Grinch movie? How the Grinch Stole Christmas? No, she's seen that one yet. Okay, and then um, well, we can talk about this more as we go on. My number three. Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. Ooh, very nice. So much to the point that we made a Christmas float. The first year we actually made a Christmas float to the dealership. We actually made a Charlie Brown Christmas Christmas float. So, 
Part of me wanted to put it at number one, but I was like, well, be honest. How many times have you watched Charlie Brown Christmas? I mean, every year it comes out, I watch it, but these other top two, I mean, I watch them year round. So, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Yeah. My number three, Matt Brad's with Elf. I just love his four main food groups. <laughs> I think so. Elf, like, how amazing is it really is? I think a lot of people try to make Christmas movies and they don't stick like Elf did. Elf is like, I mean, I can't really think of a movie in the 2000s, a Christmas movie in the 2000s that stuck like Elf has. Mm -hmm. In the 90s, there's a couple of them. Like, we're, I'm sure we're going to talk about one, which is actually more 80s, but then Santa Claus, which we haven't talked about. So, it's interesting. Right. Yeah. All right. Number two is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. We're in rarefied air here now. We are. So, so you probably know what my number one is now. Yeah. I, I like I, it. We'll laugh all the time watching Christmas Vacation. Yep. My number two is Elf. So now you know my number one. So I don't yeah. know you guys number one, but my number two is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> I like it. And I mean, we we have this everyone's while run of this because of rarefied air. Because once you get up here, there's not a lot. I forgot which one we had. Who do we have with a top five with it just recently? And we all like had. They were all up there. Patrick's was a really good one because we almost had different songs, all of yeah. us. But um, yeah, had a couple of guests where they were all the same. All right, so you had all. All right, number one is Love Actually. Oh, look at that. I just, I don't know why I love it, but. It's because you're romantic at heart. Yeah. I am. I'm I was going to say that ladies love love, actually. Oh, it's nowhere on my list. Sorry. <laughs> no. Um, I like, did you ever watch the Red Nose sequel? No. A little bit. Um, it's not that good, but it's still cool to yeah. see, like, everyone. I really wanted um, Andrew Lincoln to be all Rick grimes out when he was on it, <laughs> but he wasn't, which was super disappointing to me. That would have been interesting. Yes. Um, no, like, everything about Love Actually is awesome, right? All right. I'm going to make Matt watch this later. I'm going to sit down have a date night and watch Love Actually. Have, have you, have you never seen it? I know I have. Yeah. But that's the point where I'm totally remembering it. It's on Netflix. Okay. Cool. And um, I'll, it's one of, like, a year-round movie. Like, again, mm -hmm. I'll watch it if I can watch it. So I've watched it. I know I've watched it probably three times at least this year. So. <laughs> My number one is vacation. vacation. Um, Shitter's full clerk. <laughs> I don't want to say it's the perfect Christmas movie, but like, or it I shouldn't say, <laughs> well, it could be, but what it is is it's a perfect movie. Like you, you laugh, you almost cry, you know, there's a whole bunch of things in there. But then when you add it, that it's a Christmas movie, and I think it's really one of the few movies that's like started that whole stress of the holidays mm -hmm. that actually gets brought into the, I mean, you see it a lot now in all sorts of different movies. Yeah. Like Daddy's Home 2, I just recently watched. And I actually thought that was really that good. That was great. I actually thought Daddy's 2 was better than the first one. So, but. Mm -hmm. I actually haven't seen any of them. <laughs> oh, really? I just saw it for the first time. Yeah. No, because you have the, like the do-gooder dad who just wants everything to be great and get that Christmas bonus, but then you have all the family members that come in and just mess it up, and and the family is just trying to be uber supportive of dad. So it's the pressure yeah. that the dad feels to put on the perfect Christmas for his mm -hmm. family, mm -hmm. and I mean everyone can relate to that because mm -hmm. I think everyone wants Christmas to be perfect, whether mm -hmm. it is or not. So mm -hmm. that's going down December fifteenth. Here. <laughs> yeah, Matt would shop around for his Christmas sweater. Found one. I got your brother-in-law. Is this one going to be here? No. Aaron and Isabel won't get in town until December 21st. So that is when the 12th day of the year of Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know what that's going to bring. That's only if they can get out of school a day early. So, yeah. You're number one. Yeah, my number one. A Christmas story. I mean, yeah. It's kind of a given. But uh, one thing I really miss is, is we, Matt and I haven't had cable in like five years or so. Mm -hmm. And so I don't get that 24 hours of a Christmas story on Christmas. So I miss it. 
And what's nice about that though is is that you can like just check in. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can watch a Christmas story throughout the whole day without watching it the whole right, day. Right. That's what I do like about that. Yeah. So honorable mentions, you ready to go? Yep. Yeah, we got plenty of them. Alright. Well, I've got Home Alone. Home Alone. If Matt Sater knew that because he doesn't listen, but if he did. Maybe and he knew that um, Home Alone wasn't on my top five. He'd be pissed right off. It is oh, his favorite movie. Yeah. Got Bad Santa. It's a very dirty Christmas movie. Yeah. That and Office Christmas Party take a whole different um, realm to it. Yeah. Probably the worst one on my list is Jeep All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's not a, a bad one. That's a good it's one. Not the, it's not the best one. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It's on mine, too. Christmas, their original cartoon. Gremlins. It's actually considered good. Oh, yep. Interesting. Uh, the Muppets Christmas Carol. I thought that was going to be in your top five. I really yeah, didn't. That was hard. And then a double feature of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Frosty's. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's a good one. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas, which if you want to argue, might not be necessarily that. And then the other one, only one, oh, It's a Wonderful Life. And then a Santa Claus. So, or the Santa Claus, I should say. All good ones. I don't have any honorable mentions, but uh, one goal I've had this year is I'm trying to make it through at least one, like, Hallmark-y Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'll, like, try to turn on the TV in her bedroom and go to bed a little bit early. But I'm not kidding you. Every time Matt comes to bed, he just shuts it off. Like... <laughs> I was absolutely watching that. He's like, get out of here. There's no way you're watching that. <laughs> I'm like, no, I kind of have a goal. I'm trying to get through one Hallmark movie. You should out. watch um, A Miracle on 34th Street, the 1994 version, because it's very Hallmark movie. Oh, okay. Just with more better production. I think Will Ferrell needs to make a Hallmark movie. He did the Lifetime movie, so he can do the Hallmark Christmas movie. It would be interesting for him to do it. Um, yeah, so let's talk about Day's Home. I think you should watch it. I probably should. Yeah, he's home two. I like better than one. I made the mistake of watching them in reverse. Oh. And so I saw what they were like in, you know, at the beginning of the first movie. And so I then had to then watch the first movie to see um, how they got to having the relationship they did in the second movie. Mm-hmm. Dad's. Um, I didn't make it through. <laughs> so, Wasn't Daddy's home not during Christmas, though, the first one? Right. And I think that's really what made Daddy's Home 2 better. Okay. Is because it was, they based it around the holiday a little bit. And so. adding more relatives. Yeah. Always more fiascos with more relatives. Yeah. In the Christmas movies. Yeah. So maybe just watch the second one then and not even watch the first yeah. one. It's on Amazon Prime. We'll check them out. All right. Mm-hmm. It's on Hulu, I think, is where it's at right now. Not on Hulu. Uh, I saw it on Amazon Prime, I'm sure. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Let's do some searching then. Well, we'll come and close it out then. All right. right. The episode. We're at 37. We are. We are going to probably round it out between 39 and 40, depending on how we can work out the time frame. We're going to get 40. I like your uh, determination. We're going to get there. And um, we'll make it work. Yeah. We can go full Timmy gun if we have to. I know my whole Christmas weekend now is just absolutely gone, but we'll make it work, definitely. You know what? It is open, believe it or not. Christmas Eve. I have nothing going on Christmas Eve now, hardly. Everything with the shift this year it just happens to be like from Friday the 21st. So from the 21st to the 23rd, I'm just like gone. Hmm. We have, we're just, everything's going on. But at the same time, it's family, so it's fun. Yeah. What are you doing this weekend, Butterbear? Oh, I don't know yet. I might put up some insulation in my garage, try to keep this house warmer. Probably do some Christmas shopping. Oh, we'll see. Big day. Home Depot, Bed Bath Beyond. I don't know if there'll be enough time. I don't know either. <laughs> I Saturday have the um, Sportsman's Club dinner that I'm working. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll win a gun, which would be exciting. 
Yeah. I can tell you're excited about that. If I win the gun, it could be your Christmas present. You'll have a home defense weapon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, <laughs> so, you know, it's karate. Anyways, um, I have that going on. And then um, I really don't have that much else going on. It's crazily enough this weekend other than that, really. So, I mean, I'll obviously work. So, yeah. but Saturday's kind of spoken for, and then Sunday I'm just going to kind of lay low. Sounds like a fun weekend. I know that Wednesday, that project I was supposed to work on got canceled. So now it's supposedly going on this Wednesday. Hopefully that ought to be still going on. And then Thursday, you've inspired me and Allison to go see Peter Pan. So hopefully Thursday at this time, we'll be walking out of Peter Pan. Holy. It's good. You went Sunday. Really? Is it good? Mm -hmm. Did you take the boys? Yep. They sit through it? They sure did. How long is it? Pretty long. Like two and a half hours, I think. Two, two and a half hours. Is there intermissions? There's one. One, but it's about an hour and a half. Uh, an hour and a half into it. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate the heads up. <laughs> I tend to now, because I'm an old man, fall asleep and things like this. Yeah. I'm not saying that I'm going to, because I have a feeling that it's... It does get kind of dark. In but like movies now, I have fallen asleep. I'm like Avengers. I'm sitting next to my son. And I was like, you fall asleep? I mean, like every movie I go through now, I fall asleep. It's oh. dark, and I just start sitting still, and then it doesn't take long, and then that's it. Jeff will keep you awake. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm banking on Mindox. He's a very loud person. Mm -hmm. Boisterous personality. So, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, Saturday, I'm hitting up the All Saints Christmas Bazaar going on. Uh, I'm going to take the boys skating for the first time Saturday afternoon. And Sunday, we'll be celebrating Henry's birthday. Maybe six. So, big weekend. Happy birthday, Henry. Big weekend for the Michigan yes. Happy Some birthday, Henry. Last <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. Last Friday, I think. Yeah, Maybe taking fun. in some pottery lessons yeah. from Mr. Michellis. <laughs> He's a good dude. It was, fun. it was fun. All right, well, thank you for coming by. I can't thank you guys enough. And um, next week, we'll have Carly Austin, and we're going to talk about Christmas Bazaar stuff and then her whole business thing and then um that's really how i think we haven't really i haven't really scheduled the person after that yeah. on purpose so um we'll see what happens with that slot then we'll go from there so what i really like to do is move that last week up put those people there and then you and i for the last week can just kind of recap i thought that was always the plan was well it wasn't because Greg can't make it back. I'm not worried about Greg. Well, I mean, you had to, you know. I want to stick to the original plan. I'm <laughs> laying <laughs> my foot down. I am trying to work around guests. If you want to handle all scheduling, I guess from now on, you're more than welcome to do that. Nothing to handle. <laughs> oh, me and you. Last, <laughs> last episode. There you go. So, all right. Well, Bring we'll figure it, it out. <laughs> all right. Thanks for coming by. Thanks.